So you will read from the Daily State Journal? I will not. It is mere propaganda. Sir, it is opinion only. I refuse to be an unpaid mouthpiece for the powers in Austin. Captain Kidd could not make himself back down. It was not a thing for which he had any aptitude, nor had he ever, and it was far too late in life to change. He said, so understand this. I read of events, events from places far removed, so that indeed they have a fairy tale quality about them. And if you do not care for that sort of thing, then stay home. He stood over the man at his full height, dignified in his threadbare duck coat and his disreputable traveling hat. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Let to Lens podcast, a safe place for folks who like the movie better than the book and vice versa. We are recording this on Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. Today we are discussing news of the world available to rent on streaming platforms. Uh, with me to talk today about the adaptation is the Kiowa adversary and pro-Alexander Jackson Hamilton militant, Mr. Eric. Say hello to the people, Lee. Hello, people. I'm not sure how I feel about that, really. <laughs> These names are, are just like seem so fake. Alexander Jackson Hamilton. Yeah. And he was running against Davis? What was, the, what was Edmund Davis. Edmund Davis. That's really at least more of a normal name. But yeah, a yeah, Alexander Jackson Hamilton sounds like they, like Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Just like a little Jackson thrown in. Isn't there a... Uh, President Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. so they took all the presidential names and just put them in it. He was the OG, though. Yeah, I guess so. So, um, so how are you? I'm good. Uh, we are, it's late. Um, we've had some audio difficulties i'm listening to myself through headphones while we do this which is a a different experience for me yeah so i can't tell if i'm yelling or if i'm whispering and i just hear myself really well you sound really good that's good like really good good so i do my best talking after nine yeah um i don't know why that is it's like my voice has been warmed up all day and i'm ready to ready to go ready to talk it's only for a short amount of time though right that's right yes so we gotta finish quick yeah okay so fast facts the book news of the world was written by Paulette Giles, uh, published in 2016, and has a Goodreads rating of 4.09 of 78,000 ratings, so very well-read book. Uh, the movie, uh, also called News of the World, was released in theaters on December 25th, Christmas Day, and on-demand streaming on January 15th um, of this year, and directed by Paul Greengrass, who also directed The Born Supremacy, The Born Ultimatum, and Captain Phillips. Screenplay by Paul Hag- or Paul, excuse me, not Paul Haggis, Paul Greengrass as well. Uh, with Paul Davies, who actually was a screenwriter for the movie Lion, uh, starring Tom Hanks and Helena Zengel, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, has a Rotten Tomato score of 88% and Metacritic score of 73. Two Golden Globe nominations, zero wins for original score, supporting actress, and four, four, four people, Academy Award nominations for production design, original score, cinematography, and cinematography, excuse me, and sound. So, the joke's on us because. In our season of Oscar bait, this did not get a nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay. Joke is on us. Um, well, that went to Borat 2, which is an adaptation of, I suppose, both Borat 1 and the character Borat as played in the Ali G show, which I don't think should count. It should definitely. It should not count at all. I mean, it's it's sort of like a cop-out, I think. Yeah. I, I know they liked the movie, and that's why I got nominated, but like that's not really an adaptation. It's, of not, it. unadapted, it's not adapted from anything. And it's I think most nice. of that movie actually is also... Uh, improv 
right? Yeah, like, I think a lot of I don't it, think yeah. there's an actual script. No. I mean, I think they have situations that they want to get themselves in, and then they sort of just go from there. I just don't understand how you give out a screenwriting nomination to something without a screenplay. Well, as you're aware, you know, the Academy Awards are all political, right? <laughs> we got to take out ads. I guess. Um, <laughs> Can you give us a quick recap? Yeah. Uh, News of the World, a Civil War veteran and professional newspaper reader, Jefferson Kyle Kidd, agrees to deliver a girl taken by the Kiowa people four years ago to her aunt and uncle against her will. They travel hundreds of miles into South Texas and face grave dangers as they search for a place that either can call home. Oh, man. That's news of the world. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the Goodreads ratings, 4.09 with 78,000 reviews. I yeah. had never heard of this book before the movie. Yep. And I just can't... Maybe the movie like encouraged a bunch of people to read it. Probably. I do think it was a big book club book because my mom had read had read it in her book club and as well it was a national book award winner i believe in whatever 2016 or 2017. no it national was. book award winner i believe so oh, or wow. maybe a finalist but I, th- I thought it i thought i read today that it was a winner so it was at least okay yeah at least in the conversation for that so that's probably why it's pretty popular yeah that just strikes me as a lot yeah and probably a lot of people were frustrated by this did you talk to your mom about this book at all yeah she didn't like it yeah so i'd be interested yeah 4.08 seems very high it seems very high, yeah. So, we'll see. we'll get into it. Uh, before we do, we have a quick game called Two Truths, One Lie. Eric, do you know how to play? Yes. Uh, but for those listening, you'll read three statements. Two of them will be truths. One of them will be a lie. Thank you for that explainer. Or um, in the theme of this movie and book, two of them will be fake news. One of them will be the, the true, true, real news. Well done. Well done. So, number one, Helena Zengel has already won the highest German film award for Best Actress, which is called a Lola in Germany. Uh, Paul Greengrass, excuse me, I keep wanting to say Paul Haggis. Paul Greengrass <laughs> is a supporter of Manchester City Football Club. Uh, the only film Tom Hanks has seen more than twice that he's been in is Cloud Atlas, a lit-to-lens joint. Eric? These are obscure. Uh, I don't know that Helena Zingle has been in any other movies, so it's certainly possible that she could have won Best Actress. Did she win for this? I don't know. Usually, I don't know. Usually, countries give out awards for like their own movies, so I don't know. Okay. Um, could be a Hollywood newcomer and a German stalwart. That's that's a that's that's a maybe. I feel like this Paul Greengrass is a supporter of Manchester City is is meant to sort of be a reference to me, who also supports Manchester City only after they got purchased by um significant oil money Horrible. i support oil money um so that that feels fake but it also could be true i don't know does paul greengrass british is that i can't you know i can't really help you out here and then it would be very sad if the only film tom hanks has seen more than twice that he's been in is cloud atlas like what a waste would of, it be sad i think so <laughs> like wouldn't you rather watch like forrest gump or castaway or News of the world. Maybe not. <laughs> More than once. You never know. Cloud Atlas is also long. It's just, what a, yeah. you know, why spend five hours when you could spend four? Why spend four hours when you could spend two? And just why don't watch you answer once? the question? I'm stalling. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that the lie is that Paul Greengrass is not a supporter of Man City. I think Paul Haggis might be a supporter of Man City, actually. I'll have to look that up. I don't know he if that's true. He probably is. So I'm going to say that's, that's the lie. You are correct. He is a supporter of Crystal Palace Football Club. Oh, so is he British? He is British. Oh, okay. He's born in England, went to Cambridge, Queen's College. He's a Brit. 
What does a being a fan of Crystal Palace say about him? That he's uh, loyal to where he grew up. I think you okay. don't really you're not really a Crystal Palace f- fan if your family or you are not from the area and it's South London. Okay. So, I, I assume he's from there. I don't know, but that's what it says about it. it says you're more about the area. It's kind of like West Ham. It's like, well, maybe West Ham is a bad example now because they're more popular. But like they were like. A local West club. London club. Yeah. Or is it East London? I can't remember. But. Well, West Ham, you'd think it'd be on the West. Yeah, you would, you would think. I don't know. These English people, you never know. That's, everything's backwards, right? That's, yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay, so well done. Well, so the Tom Hanks has only seen Cloud Atlas more than once. Yeah, so that was a quote he said. I don't know. I mean, that, this might have been like... Is that from the Cloud Atlas episode? It's the holdover? Yeah. Too truthful. I've been life. holding on to it this long, waiting to do a Tom Hanks film. But I thought that was interesting because... Well, we did decline that. And I said, like, why have you not seen your other films? You've done more than once. so many other great films. More would, than twice. Would you so. want to watch yourself? Like, if you were a movie star like him, would you want to watch your movies over and over again? I feel like I wouldn't. It would depend how big my ego was. If I was a movie star, I feel like my ego would be pretty big. And I'd probably want to watch myself as many times as I could. Well, if I was that. humble, a humble movie star, I wouldn't. you just move on. I, I suppose there's something to, like, studying the game tape, maybe. Definitely. But, but it's also weird watching yourself do yeah. things. Yeah. There's the whole, like, Adam Driver walked out on a NPR interview because they showed him clips of himself acting. Is that right? And he refuses to watch himself act. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So well, He's a real artist. So. Well, so is Tom Hanks. It's also weird to listen to your voice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like we're doing right now. Uh, yeah, so. Okay. And Helena's Engel won a, a Lola. A Lola, yeah. For, for this movie or for no, movie? for a German film. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, but sounds she, it sounds great. She's a winner, so it's a, it's pretty good. I've heard, but and we're gonna go to break. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It'll help us find more fine listeners like you. And we are back. Thank you from that brief word from Eric. Really appreciate it. Thank you for supporting the pod, by the way. Me supporting yeah. the pod? I don't. I don't do that. You don't support the pod? No, no. This is news to me. Um, I gave like an upfront donation of my time, and then that's really all I've gotten out yeah, of it so far. And your time now is not worth anything. That's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the what's the minimum wage now? Is it still? Uh, well, it's not twelve yet, right? It's like yeah, so, so like so I guess it's locality. Or sorry, fifteen. I mean, so our county might be higher than the national. It might be like eleven or something. So any either way, I should be being paid minimum wage for this. You're not. So <laughs> sorry about that. And we are going to talk about the book, What a Great Segue That Was, which well, we had to pay money for, by the way, about $12 from me. Well, you bought the book. I got it on the, from the library. Oh, you were able to get it from the library? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you bought it. yeah I, I searched it out for far enough ahead, far enough ahead that it like came off the oh. wait list and I got it. But I think it is actually not a terrible segue because speaking about something that you put yeah, time and money into that gives you not as much as you wanted in return like your news voice of, on this podcast news of the world um it was it was well let's start did you like reading it i thought it was pretty middling um i thought it was a bit dull i, th- I thought it was a bit hard to follow I, I didn't really i'm not a big fan of when authors in their in their books like get rid of the quotation marks mm-hmm. and just sort of fold all of the dialogue into paragraphs right like i know they do that for stylistic reasons or reasons of like unreliability right it's not it's not quoted so Mm -hmm. there's a sense that it's 
you're not exactly it's not exactly like journalistic it's not exactly clear that's what you're hearing and in doing that to me it just made it like really really confusing me as well uh i did not prefer this book um like you i thought the story was relatively interesting um but the way it was written was not to my liking for the exact same reason that you just mentioned i i don't understand the purpose in doing this like i don't understand the purpose of writing this prose like this and and you mentioned when we were talking about it the other day how it's like a cormac mccarthy book right yeah there are yeah there are a few authors that don't use quotation marks what is the purpose of that well i, I think really mostly it's it's style that's just you mm, okay. prefer to see it like that but I, I do think there is an element of when you see something that's quoted it it does seem like reportage where yeah. like okay you know captain kidd said this right i'm putting it in quotation marks because this is true mm-hmm. and by getting rid of those you're signaling that it was i don't know it's not quite that right it's not quite subject interpretation or something. yeah okay. something like that interesting okay well i mean I, th- I imagine each author has their own purpose for it like in this book there's just so there's so little dialogue that it it can sneak up on you mm-hmm. and it can sneak past you. Yeah. And it does that quite often. I also think you mentioned like the, the, the length of this. Mm-hmm. 200 pages it's it's pretty short for a novel. I almost think that it's too long. Yeah. Like I I do appreciate a story that recognizes like okay, I am I am this my my size is this mm-hmm. and I will write to my size, right? Like I'm a 300 page novel, I'm a 200 page novel, I'm a 75 page longer short story. Mm-hmm. This book, I was like, oh, cool. It, like, knows that it's short. It's going to be short. And it was almost, like, too long for being short. Yeah. Where the novel was kind of, like, stuck on the road. Captain Kidd has to transport this, you know, Kiowa captive from, say, Dallas to San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And they never really leave the road. They do a couple of times when they get accosted by people. But it's, it's literally them on the road getting accosted by people. And they're sort of just like stuck in this linear movement. Yeah. There's no reason they can't leave the road. They just never do. So it's sort of like this, I'm going to keep throwing crap at my main character. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see how they react to it. And then I'm going to like, the next time this happens, I'm going to level someone up. You're going to get like progressively harder and harder bosses until the final boss. But they're always going to be on the road and they're never going to leave the road. And I'm going to limit the scope of their world. For reasons that are convenient to my writing. Yeah. And I mean, reading it, it wasn't all that suspenseful. It wasn't all that interesting. There were moments that were, it piqued my interest, but I don't know. I mean, it, it felt like I read a 400 page novel in 200 pages. That's what it felt like. Yeah, a lot. Some of the prose is pretty like purple. It's like flowery. It's yeah. It's it's big. Here, like here, here's what like the mesquite looks like. Here's yeah. what these oaks look like. Yeah. Here's like the river, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pauses to tell you about what things look like. Yeah, and not a lot of action for a better, mm-hmm. better like term, right? Yeah. Not a lot happens. Right. Yeah, I mean, and it's a lot of it is filler for something. To happen yeah uh, and a lot of things that do happen are frustrating because they don't make sense or yes payoffs yeah. don't pay off yeah i mean some of the things in the story like for example when they're being uh chased by three men um 
you know, who are basically looking to capture, um, her name is escaping me now, Cicada. Johanna. 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 Um, and basically use her as a prostitute or whatever. And he is able to defeat them with a little girl. And the circumstances are just sort of baffling. Um, I mean, obviously, I understand that this is like a work of fiction and stuff. and But there are other examples of this where it's just like, okay, so he escapes this again. Yeah. Like, logically, it's it's a 10-year-old and a 71-year-old man against three... Like, like 30-year-olds or 20-year-old men. Yeah. And obviously, like, having a gun is a, is a big leveler, but... They also had guns. No, that's what I mean. Like, everyone, leveler, everyone yeah. sort of has a gun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like you can just knock them out. It's true. But it's three to really one. Yeah. And they all have guns. Why couldn't they just, like, bum-rush them? Yeah, like, shot all at once. Yeah. Who knows? But I wanted to ask you, um, would you have preferred this book if it was written, like, maybe in normal prose? Like, normal... I don't know what you call like normal prose with quotations. Was that all American prose or something? Oh, just like adding quotation marks to the yeah. Dialogue? Have it have it be less. Like, did or do you not? Did you not like the book because of the style or because of the content or both? Uh, like, which was which was more appealing to you? I think I think lacking story was more of a problem that I had. Okay, I don't really mind. You know, the lack of quotation marks. It. I agree that it was a bit confusing because there's so little dialogue. Mm-hmm. You don't know when it when it pops up. But I think you know. I think you you can get that, but yeah. I, I think more of the sin is just that like, not a lot happens, and the stuff that does happen, you kind of like scratch your head at. You know what this is reminding me of right now is uh, Bird Box. And how the stories are very similar because they're both on this journey to sort of like save like younger people, like save their the next generation. And they're both kind of, you know, ridiculous circumstances that they seem to get out of. I don't know. I like that. So Except for on page five, her boat doesn't like spring a leak and she's not well just avoiding I the mean, leak the whole time, right? Whereas in this book on page five, his wagon's axle breaks. Yeah, and oh on page God. 211, the wagon's axle is still broken and nothing has come of it. Yeah, well, you know. It's just like that kind of stuff. Like, you know, there's the whole, like, Chekhov's gun. If there's if you introduce a gun, someone's going to shoot it. Right. If you break an axle on a wagon and then drive from Dallas to San Antonio on a broken axle, you know, you expect, it to, you expect the wagon to, like, fall over. Yeah, you would expect, but less than. So, I don't know. It's not like a subversion of anything. It's just more of, like, a, ah. Yeah. It's a convenient thing. Yeah. I, I wanted to make it a little bit harder, but not too hard. Right, right, of course. It's just a little broken. Yeah. And we're going to worry about it the whole time, but it's never going to fully break. Of course not. So, so I don't you gotta know. Be, you got to be lucky as well as good. I gave this three stars, and I, I would give it lower. Uh, if there were half stars, I would give it two and a half. Yeah, I haven't rated it yet, but I'll probably give it three. So. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't horrible. It's not a horrible book by any means, but. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me either. But there are, I'm sure you have parts of the book that you were excited to see adapted there. Tell me about it. Yeah, so I signaled out two things here. There is a part early in the book, I think it's before he breaks his axle. So mm-hmm. I, I think he doesn't break his axle on page five. I think it's on page like, you know, it's 30. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. We'll let, um, you, let you slide with He that. does a, I thought it was interesting. He, there is a river that runs across like the main road he needs to travel. Mm -hmm. And this is a time before bridges. It's a time before like infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So to get across the river, he's got to take his horses and his wagon like through the water and then up 
the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was a, a kind of a cool scene where he just goes in and was like, like yeah, yeah. Like the horses are like oh, churning. Yeah. The wagon's like not going to get up out of the water. And then it does. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it kind of shows you what the dangers of travel are mm-hmm. back then. I thought it was a good scene setting. So I was like, you know, that could be cinematic, right? Yeah. Like someone struggling in, you know, rapidly flowing water. Yeah. So I was interested in that. And then the other thing was, um, the setup is interesting because Captain Kidd speaks English and a little bit of German. Yep. And he takes this Kiowa captive who speaks Kiowa and a little bit of German, but mm-hmm. no English. Right. So I think the, the, the book wants you to get to a point where you feel a relationship has grown and blossomed between these two characters, mm-hmm. but you've removed like communication from mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So they can't, they actually they can't really talk to each other. So how do you develop a relationship without speaking? Yeah. Well, so, that part, yeah, that part certainly is interesting. So I wanted to see how they were going to do that. Okay. How that was going to work. Yeah. It helps that you have Tom Hanks who's like, oh, okay. Great actor. Yeah. And also just very lovable, right? Of course, yeah. So that like, that does like half the work, just yeah. casting Tom Hanks. <laughs> well. So what about you? Do you have any... Yeah, so definitely those things you mentioned, uh, as well as the scene where she was trying to escape, and um, she was basically trying to reconnect with the Kiowa people, and we sort of got that in the movie, not really, but that was a scene I was excited for, as well as the fight scene with Almay. Almay in general, his character struck me immediately when I read the book, I was like, this is a bad guy, like, this is a bad person, you can just tell immediately, and he proves himself to be right. Or proves me right in being a bad person. Um, so I was excited to see that interaction and how that actor would portray it and stuff like that. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Not well. Not good. But that, those were the kind of the main things for me. Um, everything else was like, yeah, it's probably going to be cut and dry. Like, very similar. But it was a little bit different. And we're going to get into it. It was a lot of bit different. Yeah. Um, and then why do you think this book was adapted? Well. Don't say Tom Hanks. <laughs> I actually was going to say Tom Hanks. I know you were. I was going to say that. That was my second one. Yeah. No, I think I think the first thing is um, we I th- don't think have fully mentioned what Captain Kidd does. I suppose we sort of did. Like he's a person who fought for the Confederacy mm-hmm. and then now reads the news to people that pay him money. Correct. He goes from town to town, collects ten cents per person, and will read them. You know, they're in Texas, but he'll read, like, the Philly Inquirer. Mm-hmm. He'll read news from London, from Germany, from wherever. Like, you know, hey, Timo Werner missed a bunny in this, like, international friendly. I can't believe um, you just threw that in there. You know, you might you might be interested in that. What a low blow. Kind of thing. I actually wrote that down before we talked about that before. Okay. Anyway, okay. I, I think this, like, idea of, of reading the news. I mean, this book came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a important year. For sure. And in terms of, like, news, it's very clear that there's, like, a sense of someone presenting truth to a, a masses of people who either, like, can't read it, won't read it, don't care about it, refuse to believe it. There is the whole, I mean, it's the Trump era, the post-Trump era, fake news of of finding different sources of quote-unquote news. Yeah. And I think for a movie project about something other than you know bringing a girl from dallas to san antonio there's like certainly an idea there that would be attractive to somebody yeah i mean that's a great point because this has pretty clear undertones that uh, are relevant to 2016 and you know 2020 and 2021 where we are now because of the 
Trump presidency and, and how he was elected and the state of the news in general, uh, in America especially. But um, it's cool. It's cool in the book how he does not read local newspapers for people because he wants to give them new and interesting and just alternative perspectives, which is clear that Paulette Giles, that is her perspective, and that is like what she's trying to push through with this book, I think, right? She's probably not a Trump supporter. She's probably trying to push the narrative of you need to, you know, see other people's opinions, right? Um, and I think Paul Greengrass probably noticed that and was like, this might be a Tommy book or Tommy movie to make right now. Well, here's the thing. So I guess he's, I suppose he knows that like some Texas newspapers are biased but he has no way of knowing which like philly newspapers are biased that's what true. if he picks a biased philly newspaper yeah i don't know he's Good got point. he knows less about them so his odds of picking one that is biased are perhaps greater mm, interesting point i don't have anything i just think neither do i i'm just i'm just putting it out there yeah i mean you never know so that, that was that was one my, my second one was actually tom hanks we talked about this a little bit last night there's this i mean and we're talking about like men in hollywood so you know there's a whole other gender that has had a lot more problems getting on screen than men do for sure but there is a weird thing with leading men when they age into a certain range they no longer get work right they're Mm -hmm. no longer like the movie star and they're no longer and they're not yet the like grandparent who has a health challenge right they're in this middle ground where they're really nothing yeah, they're still kind of the action hero. They still want to kind of be that Sometimes. role. Now with, like, the Liam Neesons. Yeah. He's taking back, like, his 60s with, with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, he's not getting... He's at least... Well, I don't know. I mean, he did uh, Mr. Rogers recently, and that's more of, like, a character movie. But he has been doing, like, great white American hero films. Captain Phillips, Sully this tom hanks is a great white american hero he is i mean he's he's obviously well loved um he's a great actor yeah nothing wrong with that i mean but yeah he's sort of in this weird space now there's like not a lot of roles for somebody that's 65 and also a movie star right it's hard to make a movie about a 65 year old yeah yeah well isn't it isn't it i don't know are 65 year olds interesting I don't know. We'll find out in 35 years. But um, I, I, yeah, I just think you're every everybody wants to write a movie about like a 35 year old or a 25 yeah. year old, and those people tend to like do more things. They tend they tend to be like less tied down with relationships or kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I think the stories are different because your your life is different at a certain age. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess at that point at 65, your your life is set, and maybe you're like in retirement mode or like thinking about retirement mode and nothing is really happening. You're not the, the, you're not the hero you once were when you were in your twenties and whatever, you weren't the action hero or whatever. That's very deep. You're, you're not the hero anymore. Um, Still be the hero, but so my, I'm just thinking like, you know, is there less, are there less roles for him? And if he can find a role that he can play, is he going to push that through? So like Tom Hanks can play three roles and all three of those movies get made because he's Tom Hanks. Yeah, I just feel like he he is Tom Hanks. He should be able to play anything. I mean, how old is Tom Cruise? He still does action 50s, movies. 50s, yeah. He's, okay, so he's maybe a bit younger, but um, I don't know. I, I 
I mean, Tom Hanks has won everything. He's done everything. Um, I personally think that this is just him. Who, he This is what he wants to do. These so are, I, like, the projects as he that he is picking himself. Not, like, damn, I got another, like, you know, white hero, like, based on a true story, sort of. Yeah. He's very interested in, like, yes, history Historical. and true event sort of things. Mm-hmm. So how much, how, what do you think the age difference is between Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks? I, I have it. So I know. I'm not going to look. Um, I think uh, 10 years. This six years. Oh, okay. Tom Hanks is 64 and Tom Cruise is 58. And yet Tom Cruise is still flying off of. Yeah. Airplanes and, and stuff. buildings. Yeah. He's crazy. So Tom Cruise drinks his milk. His bones are still so, strong. But, so, I, so who is, is Tom Cruise in his own category then? Like his own separate category. So I, get, I mean, what does Tom Cruise do? He does Mission Impossible movies and that's really it. He does big global But he movies, does one kind of movie right? that only yeah. he can do. But Tom Hanks does like Tom Hanks American is, movies. Yeah, well, he's. I feel like Tom Hanks is more part of Hollywood. Like, because Tom Hanks will go to the Oscars. He'll be in movies that are yeah. nominated for Oscars. Tom Cruise, like, shows up every July and is like, I'm Tom Cruise and watch me, you know, scale the Burj Khalifa. Right. I did this without a harness. It was pretty great. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of a badass for doing stuff like that. Yeah, sure. But he's not, like, he's sort of his own bubble of what gets produced. Yeah. He doesn't make, he doesn't make, like, normal movies anymore. He's made a couple in recent years, and they've all done, like, terribly. And now I think he's just, like, I'm going to go jump out of a plane. I'm going to... Yeah. What is he? He's trying to, like, jump from space. Yeah, yeah I, heard, I, I heard about this, Like, yeah. Elon Musk and him are trying to make, like, a space, an actual space I'm movie. I'm sure. So, he's trying what... to push the limits, baby. That's I'm right. not a Tom Cruise guy, but I feel like you're shitting on Tom Cruise here. No, I'm just saying that Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks are very different. They are very different. He's Tom Tom Cruise doesn't play fifty eight. You know he plays like forty five. That's true. He plays down, whereas well, Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks plays up. Yeah, yeah, stuff. So, what yeah. about what about anything else? No, that was it. Did you have anything for that? Um, what was my question? Why why did they adapt? Oh, uh, why did we think it was adapted? Well, I don't know. I mean, obviously Tom Hanks. Um, I think more about. I think it's honestly more about the story and the undertones of news in the world and having that kind of blueprinted into your into your story makes it easy for you to sort of send that message out and i don't know i mean maybe paul greengrass really wanted to make a western i don't think he's done one before um and westerns are not necessarily popular nowadays they still make them right there's maybe at least one or two every single year but other than, I mean, having Tom Hanks, who's a bankable star, like you're going to make your money with Tom Hanks, and, and Paul Greengrass is a relatively well-known director, like I think you're going to make your money on it, although I don't think it did, actually. It's COVID. Um, yeah, because it's COVID, unfortunately, but when they were making it, it probably wasn't COVID. Um, so I think that's why you make it. I, that's not a great too. reason, but that's kind of what I think. Yeah, I think it is interesting. It's very very of its time despite being set in like the 1870s it's yeah. like it's this sort of like fake news story that somebody had to tell yeah. while everything was still like fresh and people for whatever reason still have thirst for westerns and i think it's maybe the, not our generation it's maybe an older generation uh but you know those movies still make money so they're not going to make the tom cruise money but they're going to make 
decent amount. We need to really whether or not Texas is is actually in the West. I think Texas is its own thing. I don't. It's not in the well, south. It's technically in the south. It's not in the west. Like officially, it's just, it is, it's just Texas. It's on the southern border, so it's officially the south. When you but think of like the south, you don't you think, think of, of Texas. Yeah, you think of like Florida, Alabama. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The problem is Oklahoma, really, because Oklahoma and Texas are so similar. But is Oklahoma the south? No. No, it's like Midwest, right? Yeah, but Midwest is like Michigan too. That's true. Oklahoma and Michigan are not the same. So They're very nice. I need to. I think my opinion is that Texas is its own thing, and Oklahoma is like half Texas. I would. I think a lot of people would agree with that. So, I think they I'm gonna say they're the South, though. I'm gonna disagree. Okay. Well, with that, we're gonna go to break. Do you have an idea for an episode? Tell us what it is. Tweet at us. Find us on Instagram. Follow us for updates and general musings at lit two lens. And we're back. So, before we get into the movie section. We are going to have some jokes for you guys, and they're going to be hilarious. You know, mine is, I, I bet hilarious. we have the exact same joke. I, there's like one uh, There's one joke <laughs> that is, is very obvious here. Then let me go first. You go first. <laughs> okay, Eric. What is one skill that Thomas Jeffrey Hanks and Donald John Trump share? Um... They both got COVID. Oh, wow. That's that, not, I that's not a skill. skill, but that is true. I don't know. Um, starting an insurrection. Oh, I like that. I should have... Say it again. Let the people... No, let let, let it, the people it's like over. clap and laugh. <laughs> I'll throw the clapping. That's my fault. Yeah. I haven't been on sitcoms very much, so no, I, I right. don't leave room for the joke. Yeah, that's all right. I let, that was a good joke. Thank you. Um, okay. Did you know that his uh, middle name was Jeffrey, by the way? Thomas Jeffrey. I did not. TJH. TJH. And then... Donald John. And then another friend of ours has the same letter as his middle name. Yeah. Yeah. So... J is a common middle name, I think. It must be. I don't know. Um, Okay. What did Johanna say to Captain Jefferson Kyle Kidd the first time they met? Nothing, because you can't speak English. I am the captain now. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good. That's not bad. That's my that's my low hanging. <laughs> low hanging I think I I think I the setup was not as good as it could have been. Yeah, but that's okay. Next time, yeah. That's why we have other episodes, right? So I think we're both winners on that one. Yeah, yeah. those are pretty good jokes. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Eric, I know you liked the joke, but did you like the movie? Uh, no, I I did why? not. Why I did like it? the book was frustrating. The movie was doubly so. Um, I. I don't understand it, but like inexplicably, nobody in this movie could act. Yeah, it was um, weird. The guy who played Almay, who you mentioned, I'm, I'm I'm like very confident that I could have acted better than that. Yeah. And you've seen me act. I have seen you. And act. people have seen me act, and it's not good. Yeah. That guy, I think, legitimately was worse than I was. He was pretty bad. I mean, I could barely speak out loud, and this guy, I mean, he had one moment where he like kind of laughed. Or no, that was the other guy. Yeah, the, that was uh, another I guy. Can't remember his name. Sorry. But yeah, he was he was just horrible. I, I mean, just, it was just depressing. Like you just that would be a great role, like a scumbag role for like a a B level or C level actor. And like I don't know who this guy was. Yeah, there was one other real actor in this movie, um, Billy Camp, the guy at the very end 
in San oh, Antonio. Yeah. He's, he's a, a real actor. The Queen's Gambit. Like, I've seen him in things. Everybody else I've never seen. Yeah. I don't understand what this, like, Tom Hanks can't bring the boys to the yard to fucking act in his movie. Maybe because he had COVID, everyone was trying to stay away. Maybe. I'm thinking this was before COVID. In but, like, life. you know, this Helena Zengel, Golden Globe nominated actress, not good. Yeah, what? Okay, honestly, like, this, we need to have this conversation because she was not good. Okay, she was she was fine. Okay, she's she was also fine. a child, so let's let's couch it with that. Like, yeah, we're gonna so, be mean to her. Okay, but, but she's a kid. <laughs> I don't want to be mean to children, but let's just be honest here. She was, she was not incredible. She wasn't stunning, stunning with her performance. She wasn't like groundbreaking. Like when, um, I'm forgetting her name, but the the girl who was in the western Heather Steinfeld. Yes, thank True you. Grit. We, I should have known her name, but she was. In that role, she became a star because she was actually really good in that movie. Yeah. People are hyping this performance up, and I'm going to tell you, and Eric is going to tell you, that it is very overhyped. Yeah. I feel a bit like, just wanting to yell, like, Stephen A. Smith. I remember when Kwame Brown got traded from the Lakers to the Memphis Grizzlies for Pau Gasol, and Stephen A. Smith, they asked him, like, oh, the Lakers gave up. Kwame Brown and he's like Kwame Brown is a scrub like why why would the Lakers care they give up Kwame Brown that's how I feel about this movie what happened yeah. why yeah. why is like there, there's nothing good about this movie the story sucks story sucks um they purport to have like big ideas none of them make any sense none of they none of their ideas are are clearly presented to you mm-hmm. we don't know if the Kiowa are good or bad we don't know you know, I, we don't really understand Kyle Kidd's personal life, his personal demons. We yeah. don't get why he does certain things. It's very unclear, his past. I mean, you, you see the scars on his back, and they mention that he was in a war. And then you mention that he has uh, like a family, but you don't know really anything about it. It's it's just, it's all very vague. And the character development is, is just surface deep because... I mean, I personally, I don't know how you felt, but I personally did not feel any sort of empathy towards any of the characters. No, I think, movie. I feel like they patted themselves on their back when they were like, hey, oh, we got a movie about the news and we got a movie yeah. where there are white people and non-white people and there is conflict between like the races on a macro level. Yeah. And this is going to be a movie about things. Yeah. And then it turns out it's a movie about nothing. Right. Like none of the characters are, are interesting yeah. at all. None of them grow there are like inexplicable moments of characters doing things like stealing children or wanting to sell a kid into prostitution or like bed like a kid and that's not explored like there are moments where the soldiers take that guy and they're like okay you come in with us you can't go get that kid right and then they're like jefferson you go you run you you and uh that girl you get a running start and then like they counter like five Mississippi and then let fucking Almay out and chase after them. It, it makes no sense. It, yeah, I mean there were there the were, logic is is like so flawed. There were moments in this movie where I think, especially towards the end, because at a certain point I just was frustrated and I sort of gave up and just sort of laughed out loud when the sand the sandstorm. The I don't even know if they were Kiowa. They were they were Native Americans. They came out of the sandstorm, and it just didn't make any sense because. They're just walking in the sandstorm as if nothing happened. Like, yeah, I forgot you weren't walking in the sandstorm just now? Like, you guys are fine. Like, this is... And then they just give... Uh, oh, them, him a horse. They give them a horse for no reason. They're just, hey, can we have your horse? Yeah, cool. All right. What are we doing? Yeah. Well, the What's thing happening? was, they were wandering in the desert, and they 
were about to like they were they needed water will yeah they needed water too like the girl had collapsed tom hanks could barely hold yeah. on and they gave him a horse how is he supposed to get on the horse he has no power he's he's dehydrated how was he gonna how was he gonna get on a horse listen i need to move on to the next section before i get frustrated so and there was a couple of things we, we were watching it together last night we were just like this is so bad yeah um was it literal loose reimagined compared to the adaptation i think i want to say i want to say loose although I, I think you can make the argument for a reimagining mm-hmm. but ultimately it is a story about a captain bringing a former captive from the place she's found to her aunt and uncle in San Antonio. Yeah. Right. So the framework is there. I think within the framework, they, and we'll get into it, have reimagined the ending quite heavily. Mm -hmm. But I think you would look at this and you would recognize it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the beginning and end and like the, the overall structure of the movie, um, is the same as the book. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a reimagining, uh, but I would say it's certainly loose with how this how they get from A to Z. Yeah. So. And like why what happens happens. Yeah. And what that means for, uh, the captain and and the the former captain the captain and the captive captain captain, yes. So, let's get into the differences here. We have three main differences that we're going to dive into, and then some rapid fire differences that we're just going to power through power through and we're not really going to delve into yeah like a horse falling over a cliff we're going to power through them I, that doesn't really make that sense. doesn't really make sense but i see where your head's at okay. i appreciate the effort yeah if i was better at this i it would have made more sense <laughs> <laughs> so number one how captain kid comes to possess johanna johanna excuse me yeah so in the book there are three like ranger types who essentially rescue her from the kiwa right yeah and they come to Kiowa. Cap- Kiowa, sorry. They come to Captain Kid at a reading and say, "Hey, um, we have this kid. I know you live outside of San Antonio. This is where she's going. Can you take her on her, your travels?" Right. And he's just sort of like, "Yeah, what's in it for me?" And they're like, "Well, you can have our reward, which I think is like fifty bucks or something like yeah, that." Yeah, something. There's a, there's definitely like a monetary reason that he takes her on. Mm-hmm. That's the book. In the movie, those rangers are cut from three to one. Um, the ranger is before the events of the movie killed and hanged. Yeah, uh, he's a, a freed black man. Yeah, and they're black in the book too. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's hanged on a path. Captain finds him, finds the girl, takes her in, gives her to the. He's trying to give her to the army because mm-hmm. like a missing child right. sort of situation, and the army's like, we can't take her. The guy that the guy that deals with kids is like actually three months away. Yeah, so he's like he's on the other side of the river. He's like three months. He's like <laughs> he'll be here in like three months. Yeah, yeah. So just wait or just take her. Yeah, and he's like, all right, well I'll just take her then. And yeah. so he, um, does decide to take her, but he's also doing it without monetary gain. Yeah, he doesn't serve to to get anything out of this. So, about this difference. I mean, the, I think the stark difference for me is that they hang the the black man. Yeah. I forgot his name. But they hang him in the movie. Um, and he's got a, like a little taped sign to his chest, right, that says, like, this is white yeah. man's country or something Yeah, like so that. it's clear that the Native Americans or the Kiowa or any other Native American tribe didn't pursue or, you know, cause this to happen. Um, so they're introducing sort of 
the in the movie they are introducing racial divides at the very beginning, whereas in the book it it doesn't really get into the racial tensions between F, uh, whites yeah. and African Americans or anybody really, right? Just I guess a little, a little bit with bit. the Native Americans and the yeah. Kiowa, uh, but this is like a very stark, you know, this is this is white versus black, right? But it in the movie, yeah, I agree with you. You're totally right, but it doesn't really do anything with that though, right? Like after that, I mean, there are a few other black characters, but there's no no major thing in any way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, there's there's no other like conflict or tension. So, uh, you know, I I think they just sort of threw that in there to sort of like it probably is period truth. Probably truthful, yeah, right yeah. But I mean, just to sort of steer away from the book in that sense. I yeah. think you're adding a bit of like. I don't want to say it's like a cop out because I know the you know, obviously these things happened in in Texas I'm sure, but it feels like okay we're just throwing this in there, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's texture to like it's scene setting. Yeah, as opposed to just keeping it, um, like straight with with the book. Like, what what's the what's the advantage of throwing it in there to call to. Well, more drama like i think it it give it it lets us view the captain from a so if you imagine the story is like the captain needs to get to a place where emotionally he is willing to take this girl into yeah. it's like essentially adopt her right right i think it puts you closer to that finish point where he's not taking her because of money he's just taking her because it's the right thing to do yeah so okay. i think for that reason it's it pushes you in that direction a little bit. Yeah, you, you, earlier you, on, I guess. Yeah, you sort of get the sense that he is reluctant to do it, but he's not like a bad person. Yeah, he's not like he's not gonna say no essentially. Yeah. If he's yeah. Okay. Um. And then Captain Kidd's family situation. Yes. So. So it's a bit vague overall. I would agree with that. In both mediums, but as best as I can understand it, and you can jump in if. I'm wrong. We'll see. Um, I believe in the book, he has a wife and children. Right. His wife is passed. His children are still alive. And they, that side of his family lives in Georgia. In Atlanta specifically, I think, because it's mentioned that um, it's, it's talked about like General Sherman burning through Atlanta and like sort of burning up their house over there and how they're in dire financial straits because of what the, the Union Army did to they're like living arrangements. Um, He is actively trying to have his children move to San Antonio with him in the book, but they cannot afford it. And they also can't afford the Mississippi river. So they are financially and physically unable to come. Right. But he wants them to be with him, but Mm -hmm. he is without family though. He has family in a different state. Yeah, they're just they're separated. They're estranged. Yeah, and uh, his his wife has passed on. Right. In the movie, his wife is dead. Mm-hmm. He still wears his wedding ring. Yeah. But he doesn't have any kids, as far as I understand it. Yeah, I mean, I don't recall any mentioning. I mean, even looking over the plot again, I don't. There's no mention of the children. I, yeah. So, if if they do mention it, it was very brief, and it was it was unimportant as. It was at least not nearly as important as it was in the book. Yeah. I, I just wanted to bring this one up because it, it is maybe a bit tied to the first difference we talked about, which is Captain Kidd needing to be 
not quite redeemed, but like needing to be in a better light. Like in the in the book, it's you. I mean, you don't have to like him in the book, and it's very easy to read him in a way that's not flattering. Right. But in the movie, by having his wife pass on, by having him not having any children, you know, the, adopting Johanna is something that makes a lot of sense and. I don't know, it's like life affirming for him. Whereas mm-hmm. in in the movie, in the book, excuse me, like him adopting Johanna is like, well, you have all these kids already. Yeah. like, And you're just like, all right, well, if you're not going to come visit me, then like, fuck off. Am I going to adopt a kid? Yeah. yeah. Well, in the book, I kind of, you know, Captain Kidd's character was a little bit more rough around the edges than I would say Tom Hanks gives his performance to in the movie. Um, he's certainly disagreeable. And he's certainly like, um, you know, rough around the edges. He's just he's not necessarily an asshole, but he's he's living in the Midwest or living in the West in the eighteen seventies. Like he's going to be a little bit hard nosed. Um, I think and, he 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 also has like he's a bit sympathetic to the cause too, which yeah. which is a harder thing maybe for some people to like understand. Yeah, and I don't think that he was necessarily the same character in the movie, but. Um, it certainly gives him a purpose, more of a purpose towards the end of the movie to sort of adopt uh, Johanna and have something to have something to live for that's you know beyond himself. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think removing family entirely is yeah. You're right. It makes him see the value in it and having it. Yeah. And having somebody. And you're not distracted by kids in Georgia. I mean, like who cares, right? Yeah. Right. This is the this is the South. Yeah. that's the other south this right. is texas <laughs> and then your number three here is i'm going to quote it the whole fucking third act yeah because it's totally different it I is think. very different it's not totally different but it is it's it's very different yeah so let's start with eraf county so i remember in the book at some point he goes to a town i don't mm-hmm. know if it's called eraf county or not it is it is in the okay town, yeah and he is told that there are these three not even three brothers there's like five or six of these brothers who are like all knuckleheads super violent love to kill um and really want to be in the newspaper yes yeah and he's like okay i don't want to be around these people at all he like meets them for a second and it's like i'll be reading here at seven o'clock you can find me there he doesn't end up going and just like leaves he just leaves yeah and that's it but in the movie it he stays yeah they sort of bring him in they sort of force him in into the county um and it's like a whole town and it's run by this crazy looking mr farley white guy fairly fairly and his like henchmen essentially who are just his brothers i think right yeah they basically like slaughter buffalo yeah and have slaves still or like indentured servants or something like like people in bondage work on their it was unclear it was unclear what the dynamic was between the people who were working in the guy who was running it uh but clearly he was like in power and he was like it was a pretty well-run shop i mean if you're a ceo like that's a great place to like get started right like, think about the pollution from all it. those dead buffalo yeah that was yeah there was a lot of dead buffalo but it's it's a very crazy town and he wants he wants uh captain kidd tom x's character to read um his own news right yeah. His own tale. Fairley's journal or whatever. And what happens? He refuses um, and decides to read his own newspaper about a coal mining town in Pennsylvania. Yep. And 
people seem to really like it in a way that was very strange. I guess, you know, having the news read to you in 1870 was different than it is today. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, coal miners, this is great. It was a really weird scene because basically they get inspired by this, like, by this weird Very story. innocuous story. Very yeah. innocuous story. And they rise up and rise up against the guy who runs it within, within like five minutes. I mean, or not even five minutes. It felt like it was like two minutes. Yeah, it was very strange. So... So for whatever reason, Tom Hanks has this great ability to allow people to rise up to insurrection. Well, really, it wasn't what Tom Hanks said. It was mostly like Tom Hanks had spoke, and then they there was an insurrection. Exactly. Yeah, they weren't related. Will really? Like, yeah. I mean, think about obviously. it. Like he he was just speaking in one part of the <laughs> the uh, rotunda, and then at the other part of the rotunda, yeah. they like broke into. Right. It was totally unrelated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a very weird scene, and then they rise up, and there's chaos ensues and in the chaos um johanna and captain kidd try to escape but the uh one of his henchmen and mr fairly catch them basically a cali brother and this is going to get into us get into the second uh point within this third point or within this third difference here uh where johanna kills one of them or kills both, both of them? of them i think both of them. she kills mr fairly and the cali brother that's his like main main henchman yeah. so this whole story we should say is not in the book i mean they go to Erath county but they dip out before um so basically they're in this pickle where mr fairley and the other guy are basically just going to kill him and and take the girl um and they do it very slowly right as, as dumb sinister people do in movies they're very slow with it very methodical they want to make sure that they feel the pain and end up losing in the end because johanna shoots him with their was it with the dimes and quarters? Again? Yeah, I think so. So she kills two people. So she's, you know, she's a killer. Badass. Yeah. She's a killer. I, I, it's, it, the whole thing is weird to me. The whole thing is weird. It's um, a very weird scene. It, it felt very out of place. Yeah. But there's a whole thing where Texas is occupied by like Union troops, right? Because they're still dissident from the Civil War. And so mm-hmm. they're not actually not allowed to carry guns in the state of Texas. Yeah. Not to have firearms right but all these people in erath county have firearms and tom hanks has two firearms and in the book he's always like running out of bullets and he's always like has no money mm-hmm. and they already had this shootout with whatever the guy's name is almay almay mm-hmm. where they use like a bunch of dimes to put <laughs> in their shotgun because they're out of bullets yeah yeah um but then they can put more dimes in their shot like how, he he doesn't have money and yet they use all their money for like shotgun blasts yeah just, like logically it doesn't make a lot of sense it does not make sense and then they make the girl a killer which i understand you're pushed to like the edge of what your capabilities are and mm-hmm. you might act in a certain way mm-hmm. yeah but they kill them then they leave and there's like nobody chasing after them to be fair she was she did try to in the book uh she tried to scalp alme after they killed him so she was pretty much a savage we'll talk about that in a second oh we will yeah i'm sorry i didn't see that unbelievable all right so other thing though what comes next uh they wander oh sorry they (laughs) so they leave but their axle breaks yeah so they hitch up their wagons continue on to san antonio at this point they're they're somewhat close and then inexplicably i I think the axle had already like slightly broken at some point yeah it wasn't a whole big deal it was like sort of just happened and they're like oh shit and oh yes it happens on the road, and he like takes out these two tools two hammers. and like hammers at once, and he's like, 
That's the best I can do. Okay, we're good. Um, and then she wanders off in the desert and finds her parents' old house and sees they're like bloodstained. Yes. Still on the walls. That was great. Yeah, that was great. Um, so later, as he's leaving Erath County, for some reason his horse gets spooked, his lead horse. Yeah. And it just they're takes going off. Downhill. Downhill. But I don't think that's why I get spooked. No, horses no, no. go downhill all the time. Yeah. So for some reason the horse gets spooked. Yeah. Very, very conveniently. Yeah. The axle breaks. The horse, the wagon, the other horse, the the horse behind the trail horse, go flying off a cliff. Yeah. And every, everyone dies except for Johanna and, and uh, Captain of K. Of course. Yeah. So the two horses die, and of course they wait to the very last second to jump out of the wagon. Right. They could have jumped out at the top of the hill, but they waited almost until the very bottom. It's very Jason Bourne like. It was. Yeah. So not as not as elegant, but certainly as as effective. And yeah, the two horses die, and then they're basically walking through the desert, and then they have no water. Um, and then they wander into a sandstorm. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Hanks wanders to like the face of a plateau or something. And it's like horses and you just see like dust behind there. and some like yeah. rustling, which I thought only happened in deserts, but I mean, I maybe I could be totally wrong. I'm not, I've never experienced a sandstorm. Maybe they happen in like rural, rural Texas. I'm not sure. We can get somebody in the pod to clarify that for us. We need a meteorologist. It was a, it was a pretty big sandstorm. Yeah. And they wander in the sandstorm and they lose each other. It starts. It, it chokes him, Captain Kidd. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and then eventually it clears, and he sees uh, what's her name, Joanna. Joanna. Uh, yeah. Why she, is that such a hard name to remember? I, I don't, don't know. know. It really is. <laughs> I, I keep wanting to say just cicada because that's her like. Kiowa. Ki- Kiowa. Kiowa name. Kiowa name. Yeah. But um, she finds a, either Kiowa or another Native American tribe, and she's talking with them, and then. They're like, yeah, okay, cool. And they give her a horse. Yeah. And it was just weird because they seemed fine. They were just walking through the sandstorm and they were just like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, Tom Hanks is like choking on the, on the like particles. Yeah. Um, maybe that's because of the COVID. I don't know. Mm, but, but the, yeah, like the, the Kiowa can just walk through a sandstorm and they're totally fine. They can have horses walk through it who are totally fine too. Yeah. Like logically, that doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. And then, you know, I might want water in that situation. I, obviously, having a horse is also very valuable. But it was just like they're giving I a just horse laughed because of, oh how like how how great is this? What a coincidence! Yeah, it is a coincidence, and it's very weird. Yeah, a lot of this, a lot of the plot is just very coincidental, very yeah. convenient. We we need them to lose their horse and their wagon, so let's just have the horse get spooked. Horses get spooked, you know. Of course, yeah, all the time. Only just... in the third act, though. Not in the first <laughs> act. The horses don't get spooked. Let's get into the rapid fire differences. Yeah. Eric, okay. what's the first one? Um, so you mentioned this a second ago, but Johanna is less wild. Um, obviously, she's been a, a captive for four years. In the book, she comes back and is doesn't fully understand European-American society mm-hmm. um, and has a lot of trouble acclimating. In the movie, she is is like that too, but less so. Like the worst yeah. thing she does is like eat soup or stew with her hands. Yeah, that was like weird but it wasn't like as crazy as it was in the book. I mean, she tried to scalp a guy as a 10 year old. Yeah. In the book. That's like, okay, that's a little weird. Yeah. That's actually weird. But she was more like, she would scream and she didn't want to have her dress put on and she would make, you know, funny faces. And, but she, it, it wasn't, I don't know. It just, it wasn't enough for me. Yeah. It's, it, it's silly because in both, like, she's not quote-unquote fixed by the end right so why not start her from a wilder place 
more realistic wilder place right and because at the end she's not going to be fully like euro anyway yeah. she probably never will be fully euro again no so why not? Why, why not just like lean into i don't know that's that's a confusing one for me yeah i mean i feel like it was sort of fake fake wild like oh, i'm gonna scream and i'm gonna it was like golden it was like golden globe wild not like oscar wild <laughs> wow that's pretty good yeah the role of the kiowa so this is another one in the in the book she the first night she's she's taken with captain kid she tries to escape while he's reading the news mm-hmm. and runs to a river and she sees across the river we assume are a like a group of walking kiowa and she yells at them she tries to get their attention and they end up firing on her yeah. and captain kid when he eventually comes to to save her so there is a there is like a a menace to what they can bring right right in the movie that exact same scene happens except for they don't fire on her and then later we just talked about the sandstorm they come and they gift them a horse but there's also moments where they show you know her parents old house and you can still see their like blood on the walls yeah you're like okay so you know the kyle are at once violent and like giving yeah but in a way that's not fully explored other than just like presenting it to us three different times and having nobody like really fully like interact with it or process it. And it's very tertiary. I mean, we don't interact with any native Americans or Kiowa in the entire movie, right? Like why not bring them closer? Why not have either conflict or maybe sort of a redemption with her old tribe? Right. Oops, excuse me. I I don't know. It just, they were tertiary the whole time. I, I just feel like they, Clearly, they had a very impactful um, part on her life. Yeah. Like, why not bring them back in both the stories, honestly? But in the movie, they were certainly even even less even less relevant. Yeah. And contrasting, in a way. Yeah. And I, I, maybe they were just afraid. The movie makers were afraid to like go there, quote unquote, maybe. With, with certain things, just because of the way things are. Yeah. socially now right like so th- that could be an option but i yeah i do think they sort of get short shafted for the importance that the realistic that they play in this world and in that the girl's life yeah so. i mean yeah the kiowa and the native american roles in this movie and for the book to a certain extent are just not totally defined they're not totally fleshed out i mean in the in the uh, movie they go to her uh, bloody house right that's sort of a sort of a a remembrance moment for her yeah and uh and, allu- and sort of uh, alluding to how savage that that these people can be but they're never really in any danger from them so it's not like that final reveal with the sandstorm it's not like oh th- these are actually these people are actually good yeah because they're never actually in I danger from saying. them yeah right like yeah. they don't fire upon them sure they killed their parents you know four years ago and took her but that is like it that's so in the past yeah in their, mo- in their moment they're the they're actually having more problems with the white folks. And maybe that's, right. that probably says something too. Just, but. Socially. Yeah. So yeah. So they go into Joanna's house and she has her, her moment with, she's starting to remember things. And I was waiting for the Oscar sizzle reel moment from her, but I, I don't felt, I don't feel like I got it. I don't feel like we got it either. It's a Golden Globe sizzle. You know yeah. who did sizzle on the screen? It was Mrs. Gannett. Oh, jeez. Do you know why? So she's a character in the book. 
Um, and her and Captain Kidd have sort of like flirty relationship. Yeah. Um, I think they stay in a hotel or an inn in two like adjoining rooms. And they're yeah. not even, maybe not, not adjoining, but like. But they're separate, but they're like next together. door. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and she watches the kid for her, for him. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, they just get down to business. They don't, they don't sleep in separate rooms. It's pretty funny. I mean, there's a moment where they're both alone. Like the, the kid is away and they both are just looking at each other. And I think the next scene is like, like obviously they just they just had sex and they they she's laying in bed and he's, like I think he's getting his news together his newspapers yeah. or something. But yeah, so they they had sex in the in the movie and they didn't have sex in the book. What is the point of that? Why do we need to have sex? Like why is that a thing that needs to be in movies? I don't know. They didn't even show it, right? They, they didn't like show the, it. The she prom- just literally laying in bed and she has her robe on or whatever or yeah, under, but it's like off it's her like shoulder her right yeah. like hanging over her shoulder like all sexualized yeah you know i i don't really know i think i think it is maybe something that says he's okay with his wife being dead for five years mm-hmm. or maybe he's he's trying to like forget her or run away from her and while but it's not really like that's not what the movie is doing you know what i mean like right. i i want to say that it's like him running away from interacting with his wife's memory yeah but that's not actually what is happening right he's just like bedded this woman and has moved on yeah straight to business i mean yeah it would have i honestly would have preferred it to have like them not have sex and there would still be like some sort of romantic tension there right and then maybe they come back to that later and maybe they form a relationship and he moves on from his dead wife and with, with this new daughter of his or something like to, to that effect. They do come back to her in the book and it, they mentioned that she's been married to somebody. She got re, she got married to somebody who's like 62. Yeah. She's like a much, sure. a much younger man, a 62 year old. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, Hey, well, you know, we had this flirty relationship in the book. Why don't we just like consummate it and everyone will be happy. Yeah, I mean, it just it just felt like sex for sex sake. Sort yeah, of thing. it didn't really add anything. It didn't really take away anything. Tom Hanks was like, "I'm better than Tom Cruise." Tom Cruise doesn't have sex in his movies. <laughs> I have sex in mine. Damn it! He wants a third Oscar. So, um, so those are the differences. Um, I feel like we spend the same amount of time on rapid fire as we did on the big ones. We should work on how we rapid fire. Yeah, I'll time it. We'll figure it out later. Um, do you did you find the adaptation successful? Uh, this is always a, a hard question for me to ask because I I don't know if I want to answer it with like well, it, I asked the it, movie you're answer it. You said it's a hard answer for me to ask. Oh, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Question I've been talking ask. about this movie that makes no sense, and now my voice makes no sense. <laughs> uh, my my words make no sense. So to your question, is this? I guess you're not asking if the movie's good because the movie's not good. Is the adaptation successful? No, because it didn't improve on the book. Correct. It, it, I think it tried to. I think it tried to with the new scenes, right? The Erath County and, you know, the sort of... It tried to hit home the point of, like, news from from verifiable outlets are important. And we're not just going to tell your story because you want it told. Right? It sort of hammered that point home because of the time that, and the moment that we're living in. But you're right. Uh, it wasn't a successful adaptation because it didn't improve anything. Yeah, it sort of jumbled the the like racial tensions, yeah. right? Like the the Kiowa 
Kiowa get Kiowa, yeah. sort of written out in a yeah. way and cheapened a bit. So, yeah. I agree. You, okay. I agree. Hot takes. You go first. This is the last we're going to hear of Helena Zengel, I think. Um, I think this is a moment for her, right? She was nominated for a Golden Globe. She's got a lot of buzz around her. But I wasn't impressed. You were not impressed. And not that we are gatekeepers of Hollywood, although some may have called us that, especially me. I just think that the truth will outlast the buzz, if that makes sense. I don't think she was particularly special in this in this movie. I think she did a fine job. I'm not trying to demean her performance in any way. What I'm trying to do is suppress everyone's expectations and bring it back down to reality. So I don't think we're, this. Is, I, I think that this is gonna be the last we're here. We'll hear of her. But will she has a Lola award? That's true. Maybe she, maybe I should watch that movie. That movie. Maybe she did really great in that movie. She must have. She got an award for it. Yeah. Uh, my hot take that I just thought of is that the Western is dead. I like that. I think, uh, you know, there are takes on it every couple of years, right? Someone's yeah. like, oh, we should do a Western. We should do a Western. Yeah. Why don't we just have these wide panoramic shots of, you know, sand with little grass tumbleweeds? weeds. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it'll be great. And we'll show the sun it. As it rises and the sun as it sets. And, and we'll have southern draws. We'll and... have somebody with a beard drinking like coffee out of a like a pewter mug. And he won't hold it out of he won't hold it out of like the, the cup handle. He'll just hold it. What like, a plug. Can we get person. sponsored by pewter mugs? Pewter mugs. Um, but like I don't know. I think it... Westerns are complicated. The whole yeah. like quote unquote cowboys and Indians genre was very of a time. And I yes. think of this time. No one is really going to go there no. anymore. And I think yeah. if you're not going to go there, even like this, this didn't go there. It could have gone there in a way that was interesting. It just chose not to. Right. So if, if we're not going to do that in a way that is interesting and really like reckon with the like past of our country and what right. certain, you know, groups did to other groups, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I mean, unless you find some story that is particularly interesting that doesn't t- touch on the things that you just mentioned. But then it's not going to be true. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know what you do. I mean, I, the Western is, you know, what was the movie genre probably in the 50s, 60s, maybe 70s, right? That was like the the movie genre of the time. And it still has kind of hung around for 30 plus years or whatever. And they're just not as popular. Um, I remember they made that. This is just coming to mind randomly, but like, remember that movie Cowboys and Aliens with Daniel Craig? Oh yeah, that was like a big blockbuster movie that like nobody really liked. I guess would you consider Hell or High Water a western? I get um, it's like a modern western. I would, movie, so. yeah, I would. I would consider that. It's like western. Financial Crisis time. Obviously, there's like Yellowstone, it's, and I guess the guy that wrote Hell or High Water has a whole network on. And they're Paramount Plus now, basically. Oh, does he? And they're and they're Robin Banks, so like that's that's a Western. Yeah, crime story. Yeah, so so maybe the Western just needs to change. It just needs to modernize and be reimagined. I think sort of like Hell or High Water and maybe others that we're not thinking of right now. But yeah, so maybe it's not dead. There you go. Or it's just changing. It's dead. My hot take is that it's dead. Okay, it's it's dead. That's that's the way to do a hot take, right? You just you have to stick to your. 
You say something and you stick to it. Okay, I'm glad you stuck to it. Like when I say Timo Werner is bad, forever that will be my Listen, my him, position. Give him time, okay. There you go. Okay, move your book. Uh, book. I know that's that's uh, not close. This was I I think this is one of the worst movies I've seen in a very very long time. Yeah, it's I agree with you. It, uh, I can't believe this at eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes and like seventy three on Metacritic or it, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is. And here goes my tin hat, like my conspiracy theory of mine, is that studios pay out to these reviewers, right? Like, hey, we need you to write a good review for this movie. We'll get you a rapid COVID test. Yeah, we'll get you in for the... We'll, we'll fly you out to Emily in Paris. There you go. To have you... You win the Golden Globes now. I'm just, hey, I'm just I, saying. I wonder if that's saying. how she got nominated for a Golden Globe, if they like came out to watch Definitely. it. Definitely. That's what them. you said in the last episode. Yeah, but that was for Emily in Paris. What did... This is news of the world now. I yeah, wonder yeah, if they yeah. like came out. Maybe they like Tom Hanks like signed something for them, and was like, "Helena Single, vote, <laughs> vote Helena Single on uh, January sixth. It all feels oh, fishy. Yeah, it all feels fishy. And then, what will you remember from the book, if anything? <sighs> I don't know. That's great. That, that was a very. <laughs> a very you texted me that today too. You were like, I don't remember anything. From- yeah, I mean, this is a, like a through line of the last couple of episodes. You're just yeah. like, wait, what did we what what happened? Like, what exactly happened in this situation? What exactly happened in this situation? I don't know. The book was was. I think it required more. Mental fortitude than I was willing to give it. Yeah, I it like frustrated me, and I pulled back from it. And maybe that's on me, and maybe it's on the book. I don't know. You tell me. It's not my fault. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not going to blame myself. That's from my therapist to, to say. <laughs> what about you, Will? Um, I am going to remember that a 10-year-old girl tried to scalp somebody. I just thought that was wild. I like that. I mean, I love that. I mean, this girl is so entrenched in her Kiowa lifestyle. She's gonna, she's, she just killed this motherfucker. And then she's going to scalp up. Just badass. I don't yeah. know. It was badass. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to remember. All right. What about the book? I mean, I'm sorry, the movie. You go first on this one. Um, So <laughs> that apparently, so I'm going to remember the sandstorm and that apparently Native Americans or Kiowa or whoever that tribe was in the movie are completely unperturbed and unaffected by sandstorms. Totally unaffected. They weren't coughing. They just continued walking as if nothing had happened out of a sandstorm. That's right. They didn't have masks on. Okay, this isn't 2020. This is 1870. And they were totally fine. Yeah. Is this something that I don't know about Native Americans or Kiowa people? Well, the horses were fine too. So it's, you know, it's a whole... And maybe it's just the traveling party was like unaffected by sand particles in the air flying out. I've never personally been in a sandstorm, but I would imagine that it would be horrible. Yeah, I I, I think people die. So, I mean, that's just... I've never been in a sandstorm either. I'm just upset that that's what I'm going to remember because it it just was so frustrating and confusing. I think I will remember the Alme, the the person who provided the acting work for J.G. Alme, how, <laughs> how terrible he was. Oh, okay. Um, what about the laugh from... The, yeah, the kid. that was great too. What was his name? I can't even remember. I think now. I thought he was a Cali brother, but the Wikipedia Wikipedia says he's not. But yeah, he he is like traveling with the Callies, and then yeah. 
decides that okay. he likes that story that they told about the coal miners in Pennsylvania yeah. so much that he was just going to up and change his life. Yeah. That was it. He was just like, oh my God, coal miners in Pennsylvania? <laughs> Let me go there. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Blue wall and all that stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was very confusing. And he, he, yeah, so, Will, your point is like, at some point he, he said goodbye to, to Tom Hanks and um, the kid and mm-hmm. was just like, you take my gun. I can get another one real easy. Huh? <laughs> it and was honestly like that. It was it, it was honestly like it that. It was very awkward and weird. Yeah. That was horrible. So those two those two actors were horrible. It's tough. I just don't get it, you know? I mean why why doesn't Tom Hanks work with like real actors? I think, you know, he worked with uh Meryl Streep on the post a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was probably like, Wow, this is amazing. I can like say something to her and she'll like say it back in a way that is good and so he steered away from that he didn't want to keep doing that maybe he was maybe he was tired of being outshined and he's just moved too far mm. in one direction yeah. from that he's like i don't want people to upstage me like meryl streep did in the post yeah but now he's just working with like the trash yeah yeah so from germany no she, she's not trash but yeah but people from germany that's it that's all i have to say do you have any shout outs as we sign off here no besides Tom Hanks to work with real actors again. That would be great, right? Yeah. I think I was looking at his IMDb, and it looks it actually looks pretty good. Untitled Elvis Presley Project. I do love an untitled project. That's like your untitled PTA project. <laughs> it sounds so good. Oh, it's an untitled it's PTA It's going to be amazing. Project. Yeah. Uh, Pinocchio. And then A Man Called Ove, I believe, was a book. So my favorite oh, little Lindstrom. Never know. Pinocchio, a remake. Yeah, I don't really, I'm not really excited about that one. but Live action Pinocchio. Um, and check out our most recent episode on One Night in Miami, as well as that. Keep an eye out for our next episode on The Father, which is only available to rent online, um, as well as an interview with Elaine Schefter Bishop, CEO of Vast Entertainment, a production company focused solely on adapting books into movies. So that was a great interview. We just got to post it. Yeah. She is the patron saintess of the Little Lens podcast. She is. So... She, it was she does movie. she does the work that needs to be done to get books on the screen. She does. Which is cool. That's a really cool job. She was really engaging as a speaker. So yeah, I mean... That's a good interview. Yeah, we were surprised that that was even a thing. Yeah. That somebody in a production company focused solely on book adaptations. So if you don't like listening to us talk about books and movies, you should listen to her talk about books and movies, as prompted by us. Of course. With our question. Yeah, yeah. So check that out. It's coming soon. Um... And that's it. We want to thank you all for listening and uh, have a good night. Yeah. Goodbye.